We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. What's up, Bears fans? Welcome to another edition of the Bear Report Podcast. Another loss for the Chicago Bears. Another chance to win two straight games for the first time in the Matt Eberflus era. And they come up short in a terrible, terrible, terrible game in primetime. 30-13 Los Angeles Chargers beat the Chicago Bears on Sunday Night Football in Week 8. Bears are now 2-6. and six, And you know more bad news, the Carolina Panthers won their first game. So as it stands right now, it is the Arizona Cardinals with the number one pick, followed by the Carolina Panthers, who has, who gives the pick to Chicago, and then number three, the Chicago Bears. But overall, the feeling is just kind of gloom and doom again for this franchise after an embarrassing performance on national television. My name is Zach Pearson. We're going to get into all that. Let me welcome in my co-host, Aaron Lemming. And Aaron, as I was kind of saying it, like I, I think we all should have saw this coming, where the Bears were probably going to lose to a better team. Um but it's just, again, it's just another national embarrassment. The tackling was terrible. Another game of seven penalties, at least. Um, you had a Vales Jones mistake. You just had so much go wrong, play calling, all that. Um, the broadcast was terrible with the comments that Chris Collinsworth had about Justin Fields needing to, to study Tyson Bajant. And it's just bad right now for the Chicago Bears. I guess that's the best way to sum it up. Yeah, well, it's bad, and it's it's been getting worse. I mean, just to give you an idea right off the top here, the Bears have won five games in Matt Eberflus' era. Following those five wins, the Bears have a minus 68-point differential. So following a win, they are basically averaging getting beat by double digits. And, dude, at this point in time, I mean, and we've talked about this, and we'll continue to talk about this because this coaching staff is awful, just awful. But – the the fact is, man, it's crazy because you watch the you watch the the pregame last night, right? And that you got the guys on the field. I can't even remember who it is. I rarely ever pay attention to any of the pregame stuff, but they're talking about how the Bears seem like the much more confident and loose team going into the game, and you know all this other stuff. And then as soon as the game starts, it's like, dude, like you blink 
and it's 17 to nothing. And it's like, it, it's just, and it's, there were so many moments within that game last night where it's just, it's, it just perfectly capsulates what it is to be a Bears fan and how bad the Bears have been lately. And I think it all starts off with, you know, kind of looking at that first play of the game where, you know, we talk all week about Tyson Bajan not having a good arm. He goes and uncorks a 42-yard pass uh, to Darnell Mooney. Mooney, you know, basically gets interfered with, falls down, gets up, kind of jogs, and then gives himself up, and they ended up calling him down at the point. And it's just simple things like that, coaching points, right? And you can kind of go back to the same thing back in, what was that, 2012? No, 2013 under Mark Trestman in that, in that Week 17 game against the Packers where Aaron Rodgers fumbles the ball and the Bears just stand around and they look at it. It's coaching. And it's the same exact thing with what happened on the first play of the game where if Darnell Mooney is coached properly, he pops up and he sprints into the end zone because at that point you force the ref's hand to simply say, we're going to let the play play out. We'll go to replay. If they had went to replay, they realized he was never touched. That would have been a touchdown. So that was the first, you know, one of the first things, the Valus Jones Jr. thing falling down in the end zone, another just, you know, way to encapsulate how embarrassing this has been. You're talking about a third round pick from last year. That shouldn't have been a third round pick. I said that at the time, I, I think, you know, all these Debo light, you know, comparisons were absolute nonsense to begin with, but you know, and I feel bad for the guy because he's very clearly trying. He very clearly wants to be a better player. But we've seen this happen before where, you know, simply put, there are just some guys that don't work out. And he's one of those guys. But, you know, it, it, the defense had a really good run of three games and it all came crashing down last night. Shockingly enough, it's because they played a really good quarterback with good receivers and a, and a good offense. And and that's just kind of the I think that the, that's kind of been the overall issue with this team is that within those five games you look at the starting quarterbacks within those five games i think it was david kaplan that tweeted that out i mean none of those quarterbacks are any good whatsoever i mean you got basically you got trey lance mac jones brian hoyer uh i mean you're just talking about not good quarterbacks and then you know you look at the basically how they fare against actual good teams and i mean this team is what it is man you know, if somebody shows you who they are, believe it the first time. And I think we've seen for a while, you know, especially this year, I think you can kind of give a pass last year, but I think this year from the very beginning, dude, getting blown out by the Packers, like I understand week one is week one, crazy stuff happens. Getting blown out by the Packers the way that they did and completely manhandled that second half. Dude, have you watched the Packers game lately? They stink. They terrible. stink. They are so bad. So what They're the hell? Bad. What the hell are we doing, man? Like honestly, at this point in time, like what are we? Are, are we just playing out the string of the last nine games and and hoping for as high as as draft you know picks as possible? And, and I don't know. Like, I, like even going back to that Packers game, what irritates me is like they had all summer to prepare for this game. They knew who they were playing. They like it's just it's insane. I mean, they let David Bakatari and Jerry Alexander like yell at the fans and do their stupid sword celebration. Have you seen what's happened to those two guys? Like Alexander's press conference yesterday was wild offering one word answers after Jordan Anderson, Addison, like pretty much beat them all game long. Bakatari's on now. IR is not going to play this season. It's like, that was green Bay's like big moment. And it just like the Bears. That's embarrassing for the bears. It's a bad, it's like, I don't know. It's that's a bad Packers team, man. Like, and that's, what's so infuriating about it is like, they lay an egg in week one. They come out in week two, you have a chance to win the game. And, you know, they lay an egg in the first half, essentially. Not even in the game against the, the Chiefs. And then, like, the run of these three straight games they've had, 
for the defense. I mean, you're right, dude. Like they're playing Sam Howell and the commanders and yeah, Howell had a good game against the Eagles, but he's also the most sacked quarterback by a lot this season. Um, and, and then they play, you know, Denver before that, and, and they should have won that game, but Denver, you know, not very good. Granted, they did beat the chiefs yesterday. They're, they're just, they're not a great team. Minnesota, they should have beat Minnesota. Like that was a stinker. They came out and flat out stunk. I don't, it's over, man. Like it's just, it's so depressing. It's just, it's, it's over. Like, I don't think there's any way Matty Rafus can save his job. And if he does, if, if they bring him back next year, I mean, that is just insanity to me. Like this guy, it's just, it's like, where have they improved? Like you look, I mean, like look at the tackling last night. That was as piss poor of an effort of tackling as I've seen from this Bears team. It's a defensive minded head coach. Your tackling's terrible. The discipline is terrible. The penalties, man. I think it was, um, I'm going to look up. I think it was Kevin Fishbane had a stat today that was about um, Bears penalties. And it was um, in the Matty Rufus era, in the number of games they've had seven plus penalties, 2022, they've had three games. Okay, they've played eight games this year. They've already had four games with seven plus penalties. Like, what are we doing here? I mean, where do they get better at? And, you know, I, I think like it's fair to say you can put blame on a lot of people. I do think Ryan Poles will get another year. But man, outside of like Darnell Wright, who looks like a, a stud, um, like it's hard finding a lot of positives, you know, in Ryan Poles' moves. Like Tyreek Stevenson was getting picked on yesterday. I, I, I don't know. Like I don't know if he's any good or not right now. Um, I, I don't know, man. It's just it's it's really frustrating. I don't want me to like go on a rant or anything like that. But like, oh man, it's just. It's over, right? Like it's it's gotta be over. Well, and that's and that's a thing. Like when, when you look at this coaching staff and you and you look at their their trends, all of the trends are negative. Like it was easy last year to write off three wins because they fought hard. And we saw the same thing with the Lions. Like I, I've made this comparison before and I'll make it again, where dude, the Lions look like they were dead in the water in year two under uh you know, under that new regime. And ultimately what ended up happening is you know it, it Really, really what it came down to was they finally figured it out. But there were there were always the signs there. And I think going back to last year for the Bears, I think that there were positives that you could point to within context, right? Because the context was this is a team that is rebuilding. They've torn things down to the studs. They had hardly any cap space. Their their roster was devoid of talent. Like they're establishing a new culture, blah, 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 blah. So then you get into this year and you're thinking, okay, at minimum, they've got to win six, seven games. You know, they're in a weak NFC. They're in a weak division that has done nothing but get weaker. I mean, I thought the Packers were going to be, they weren't going to be good. I didn't think they would be this bad. Uh, Minnesota is going to fall off a cliff because of Kirk Cousins tearing his his uh, Achilles. Like that's over with. Like they're, dude, the Lions could probably win two more games this year. They could probably finish with seven wins, and they're probably would still easily run away with the division. I don't see how another team gets to seven wins at this point in the division, but. You start looking like you pointed out. I mean, look at look at all the money and resources that they spent this year. And you look at that and it's like all these better scheme fits. You know, you trade Roquan Smith because he wants too much money and he's he's not a part of your scheme. You bring in Tremaine Edmonds. God bless him. He got hurt last night. Hopefully nothing serious. But let's be honest, man. 
Like the the comparison between the two linebackers isn't even it's not even in the same realm, dude. Like Tremaine Edmonds is nowhere near the linebacker that Roquan Smith is. And Tremaine Edmonds really had one good year of production in a contract year. And Roquan Smith is an all pro and looked at as one of, if not the best linebacker in the league. Then you go over and you look at the offensive line and what they've tried to do. Obviously, there's been injuries. But you have a guy named Jatari Carter in his second year that you spent a day three pick on last year who's actually, you know, developed pretty well, which is not really something you can say a lot about with this roster, um, especially with the young talent. There has not been a lot of good uh, development um, along the, you know, the, the young guys that they've added. And what do they do? They say, you know what? We're going to take two struggling veterans that have played pretty bad all year. And we're going to go ahead and shuffle around our entire offensive line. And we're going to move Tevin Jenkins back to right guard, even though we moved him to left guard, which is his fourth move in three years, right? So then you have that. So you decide to move him to right guard. You keep Lucas Patrick at center, which frankly, at this point in time, I mean, he's not good, but I think he's better than Cody White here. Um, So, okay, that makes sense. Put him at center. But then instead of, you know, just keeping Tevin Jenkins at left guard like you designed all offseason and then, you know, sliding the second year player who's actually looked pretty good and, and, you know, in a small amount of time at right guard, you shuffle the entire thing around to make sure that you get Cody White here in the lineup. It may have worked last week against a really bad um, Las Vegas Raiders team. It's not going to work against good football teams. And frankly, I don't even know that you can label the Chargers as a good football team. They have been hovering right around 500. Um, obviously, they've they struggled a little bit this year. They're now three and four. They they've got a pretty good amount of talent. There's no knocking that. But it's like you continually see the same issues over and over. It's the same troubling trends where guys are not developing. Uh, this year, especially, they've gone to the well in terms of they would rather have guys like, uh, you know, it, it, basically just veterans. They'd have, rather have guys like Cody Whitehair and Lucas Patrick playing center and guard and shifting around the offensive line rather than playing some of the young guys like Jatari Carter or even look at safety, for example, where you have a guy in Deron Harmon where you brought in, what was it, three weeks ago, maybe four weeks ago now that, you know, wasn't good enough to be on another NFL roster. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But yet the guy that you claim, the rookie, Quindell Johnson, uh, is not a guy that you that you want to see what he has in the lineup. I mean, let's be honest, man. Elijah Hicks has been awful. I mean, why not? Why not? why not try to figure out what good young players you have? Why is it that Jervon Dexter and Zach Pickens were playing close to 20% of the snaps before last night? Like 
that's the issue that I have more than anything, right? Is that you, you're not giving the young guys a chance. And to me, that signals that this coaching staff knows that they're in a lot of trouble. They know that they have to save their own skin. And this happens all the time. And it's never made any sense to me. Like why, why do teams, uh, especially desperate teams side with aging veterans or just bad veterans in general over young rookie talent or young talent as a whole when maybe that young talent develops and then all of a sudden you've got something to hang your hat on to say, hey, we brought these guys in. They were nobody, whatever the case may be. Now they're playing better. That's how you build depth. And that's how you find those Adrian Amos type guys, those Nick Krakowski type guys, those Bryce Callahan type guys. As you play the young guys, when you know you're bad, this seems two and six. They're not going anywhere. And you know what's crazy? And, and, and obviously we've seen this team play all year and it really wasn't a high chance. The Bears had a chance. The, the Bears really had a chance to get back into the mix of the playoffs last night. They had a chance. If they if they win that game, they're three and five, right? They've won three out of their last four games. Um, you know, the only game that they or you know, one of the only games that they blew was against Denver, which frankly they should have won. Like you could kind of start to make an argument. They're three and five. They're one game back of the wild card. And that, that team that's holding the seventh seed is the Minnesota Vikings, who no longer have a quarterback. Like the entire feel of this team could be somewhat different had they won the game last night, but instead they come out, they drop 17 to nothing. They get 17 to seven. They turn around and give up a, a touchdown right out of the gate. Dude, the, the defense, like the, the Chargers offense last night scored on the first five possessions of the game. They were up so much last night that they just kind of stopped trying. Like that's the only reason that the score didn't end up looking worse than it did. But yeah, I don't know how it couldn't be over at this point. I think we've known it, but it's just one of those every single time we see these confirmations and every single time that we're seeing these veterans play in place of younger players for, you know, quality and key development, that's when it starts to really bother me. It's, yeah, it's just, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. I, mean, I think you're, you're spot on. It's just, they, they're just bad all around, man. Like everything in that organization just so dysfunctional right now. Like it's, it's, it's embarrassing. It really is. It's really, really, really embarrassing. Um, and I don't see it getting any better anytime soon. And I think we're heading down a path where we're going to have a new head coach, new offensive coordinator, new coaching staff. We're going to have a new quarterback. It's going to be reset. You'll have two top five picks, hopefully, you know, and, and to the fans that don't want to take a quarterback, um, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I, I think it'd be malpractice if you did not take a quarterback in the top well, five. If you had let's to talk about that, though, because, I mean, I, I, we, we talked about it before the podcast. I mean, yeah. I, I think to both of us, something somewhat interesting is going on at the quarterback position because this is the second week in a row that they've ruled out Justin Fields on a Monday. Yes. And what did Matty Rufus keep saying? He's week to week, week to week. If he's week to week and you're already ruling him out this early, this will be what is third game missed now. And technically they play Thursday night after he's probably not going to play. That's yeah. four games. Why not? Why was he not on IR? Why can you not free up another spot? to get so like, that's what I'm talking about. It's just these stupid little games that the head coach plays that he's been playing since the first training camp since he got here. It's week to week. He's day to day. He's month to month. We don't know what's wrong. Jaquan Brisker has now got a concussion. Like, what? I, I just, I, I don't get this, man. Like, why couldn't he come out and say that he went and saw a doctor on Tuesday of last week, reported a fever and feeling off and symptoms? Instead, he says, oh, he's sick. We don't know. We got to evaluate. Hopefully, he can get back. He said that on Friday, and Jaquan Brisker was ruled out, what, Saturday? 
morning. Like this is secret of it's just crap, man. It's so crap. And like, I don't know. It's, I could go on a soapbox about this. I'm not the only one that feels this way. I know a lot of people do, but yeah. Why was fields not put on IR? And I don't know, man. I, I, I think like there's a scenario where Justin Fields is still with his team next year. Um, Cause I do think there is a scenario where they pick him and get rid of the coaching staff um, and, and all that stuff. But like, if you're not taking Caleb Williams or Drake May when you got the chance, like, there's, there, you, you can't do that. You, you have to, you have to. I don't care what people think of that. Like, you have to, and that's nothing against Justin Fields. You, you have to do it. Well, I think all you have to do is look at a historic president to realize that. I mean, the, the reality of it is, man, is a is a fourth year quarterback going on his third coaching staff and his fourth offense in five years going back, you know, going back to college. It's like. It's just, dude, it, it's a numbers game. And like I said, it's it, it's historical. I mean, it just, it doesn't happen. It's not going to happen. Um, I I mean, I just, I I don't know. I'll be honest. I don't know that I see a scenario in which Fields is back because I think that every single game that goes by um, without him playing, I think you're, you're losing a chance to evaluate him if you're Ryan Poles or whatever the case may be. And, you know, like we keep operating under the assumption that Ryan Poles is safe. And I don't know that that is a fair assumption at this point because Kevin Warren could be sitting here looking at all this and saying, yeah, this ain't going to work. Like we got to, we got to do something different because I mean, frankly, I like Poles' process, like his overall process. But I think from a talent evaluation standpoint, there's a lot left to be desired. I mean, you're talking about two years worth worth of moves and decision making for him. And this team is getting worse. Like, I, I think that that needs to be brought up. But I think with the field thing, you know, I will go to my grave believing that the Bears failed Justin Fields. Like, obviously, Fields has his flaws. But I think that the Bears did the absolute worst possible thing that they could have done at, at basically every step of you know every step of the direction, including hiring an offensive coordinator who very clearly has zero interest in actually shaping the offense around his quarterback. Which again, we've seen this with Matt Nagy. It's just, it's the same exact thing, and it's like we saw the same thing with Trubisky. I'm not saying that the two are comparable because I think Justin Fields is a lot better, but we saw the same thing with Trubisky, where it's like. You let a lame duck, uh, you know, regime come in and draft him, and then you fire him a year later. You bring in somebody else; it doesn't work out. You let that same lame duck, you know, the the next lame duck regime take another quarterback, and we're back to square one. I mean, at this point in time, I think, assuming that the Bears land one of the top two picks, and I know that there's been a little bit of overreaction this week just because you know Carolina won and Arizona technically holds the the first pick. Now it's worth noting the only reason that Arizona holds that first pick is because they have one more loss in Carolina right now because. Arizona doesn't have a bye week until week 14. They they're going to get Kyler Murray back within the next probably two or so weeks. So I you know, you look at the 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 next few games for Carolina, those are probably the most winnable games left on the schedule. Arizona has some pretty tough games, but you know, you just kind of have to see what happens because as we've seen, teams can be rolling in one injury to a quarterback or a key player and that all goes out the window. So I would still feel relatively comfortable assuming that the Bears are going to finish with one of those top two picks and I think at that point in time if that's the case, I think you have to really, truly sit down and evaluate. Obviously, the coaching staff needs to go if the quarterback's going to go. And, it, you know, I think the coaching staff has to go regardless. But I think at this point in time, if you bring in a new coaching staff, it doesn't make any sense to keep Justin Fields. I think 
for both sides, Justin Fields more than anything. I think that he he needs to go to like Atlanta or something because I, I I feel pretty comfortable in thinking that he's going to go to the right offense and he's going to like we're going to look back at one of those like Drew Brees type situations where maybe not a Hall of Famer, but you get my point. Like where a quarterback that didn't work out one place goes to another place and just absolutely succeeds because he gets in the right situation. Justin Fields has been wronged by this organization at every step. But at the same time, at some point in time, you kind of have to, you know, see the writing on the wall and say, yeah, I mean, obviously starting with, you know, starting over with a rookie quarterback next year, you know, the outlook for the season isn't going to be great. It should be more exciting. But I mean, again, man, I mean, if you're going to bring in a new head coach and possibly a new GM, it's got to be a new, new quarterback. And obviously the caveat there being with one of those top two picks. Now, if they're out of the top two, that becomes a, a much more interesting situation. Um, but, you know, I'm just operating under the assumption that they are going to end up with one of those top two picks. I still think Arizona will end up doing just enough to push themselves, you know, to four or five or whatever. I still honestly wouldn't be shocked if the Bears end up with the top two picks. Uh, I think the the Bears schedule is a much, you know, much easier than what Carolina is looking at. Uh, but I just, I don't know, man. Here, it, here's the thing. Do you, if Justin Fields does not play, Thursday night, you know, a week from this Thursday. Do you think the Panthers beat the Bears? Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I think it's absolutely possible. I, I mean, think so too. I don't. I don't think Carolina is that much worse than the Bears are. I think this is kind no. of a week to week thing. I mean, just dude, look at Houston. Like everybody was lauding Houston for how good of a start they had of the year and how good CJ Stroud has been, which he has been. But again, you talk about young quarterbacks here. Like CJ Stroud had his worst game as a pro last week, and he missed two throws on that final drive of the game. Where, where if he completes one of those throws, Houston wins that game. So I, I think when you're talking about bad teams, and as we've seen with the Bears, I mean, the Bears have two wins this year, and then those two wins, they have blowout wins. Not even just like close wins where they eat, you know, eat games out. Like they have blowout wins. So I think when you're talking about two bad teams like that, I think I, you just you can't assume that either one of them is going to win. Yeah, and I mean, you know, they do have Arizona on the schedule too, um, Christmas Eve, and I, I think, you know, Kyler Murray looks like he's coming back soon, and Probably we'll be back for that game, obviously. But like, yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's um, it's it's not good. Let me ask you a question, though. I think you kind of talked about it a little bit already. You think honestly, this coaching staff really wants Justin Fields, or you think they're just totally done? Like, do you think they're totally done with him right now? I, I think I, I, I think, think it's so. thinking that way. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think I think so. I think there's just there's 
there's little subtle hints, and I think they're absolutely 100% dead ass wrong. Now, let me make that completely clear, too. I think, dude, and that's not even a knock on Tyson Bajan, but let's be real. I mean, Justin Fields' ceiling is considerably higher. He has more experience. Like, if you're looking to try to win games, Justin Fields should be the quarterback. But there are just subtle little things that they're doing. And again, this is all speculation on our part. This is just what we think. But to me, there are subtle things that they're doing that lead me to believe that they're hoping that Tyson Bajent will win a few games and they'll be able to justify starting him the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah, because then it's an easier – they can say, well, look what he's done. You know, he's done this. He's led us to wins. But, I mean, no, nothing against Bajent. But, like, I mean, it's not like he came out and, like, lit it up. You know what I mean? Like, it, he struggled. Yeah, I mean – I guess, like, yeah, he does get the ball out a little faster. It's not, like, a huge difference, though. Like, he's still missing throws. The interception was bad. Like, I don't know, man. It's just that what Collinsworth said just kind of just rubbed me the wrong way, and I and just I, I don't understand these people defending Collinsworth and saying that Justin Fields needs to go and watch a backup quarterback. It's, that makes no sense to me. Um, but, you know. It, Those two it, it, completely it, different skill sets at quarterback. I think that's what people yes. realize. Like, yes. Like Justin Fields is, yes, a big game hunter, but he also has a lot more athleticism. Yes, there are things he needs to improve on. I don't think anybody's denying that. I think that's the reason that we're even having the conversation about the fact that he's probably not going to be the quarterback next year. But at the same time, if you get the right offensive mind, I mean, dude, look at Bobby Slowick in Houston right now, right? CJ Stroud comes in and he loses basically his entire starting offensive line within the first two weeks of the season. What does Bobby Slowick do? He turns around and he tries to figure out how to make things work with a running game that really hasn't been that good. Damian Pierce has not been that good this year. And it's like, you look at what they're doing offensively, how good C.J. Stroud has been, and you're telling me that the right offensive mind couldn't have come in and done the same thing for Justin Fields. I just, I, I'm sorry, but I, I think a lot of this has to do with the coaching staff. I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that they – you know, this, the old regime was allowed to take a quarterback knowing, you know, the ownership, knowing that they were on the hot seat and then turning around and doing this because then there's always that plausible deniability from the GM or the head coach or both to say, well, this wasn't, this was never our guy. We gave it the best shot we could. We tried to use other resources. We tried to do this and he just wasn't our guy. So now we, you know, we want a chance to get our own guy. There's always that plausible deniability and it all goes back to the same thing over and over the Bears have to change the entire process of how they do business and how they do these things. And until they do that, why expect different results if you're going to continue to do the same thing? Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, no, no, I agree, man. And it's just like, it's, it's poor drafting. It's poor, it starts at the top. Like, dude, look at Vilas Jones last night. Like, what are we doing here? And you know what that reminded me of? What When you watched that play, what did that remind you of? Is there anything specific or anything that... That play reminded you of? Not, not off the top of my head. Him trying to feel the punt because yeah. it was the same type. Of, it was the same type of ball trajectory. It was up in the air. It was not on a line. He was stumbling. He the, the ball was underthrown. We have to admit that people are getting on Valus for saying that it was a little underthrown. I mean, it could, I mean, not the end of the world. 
He tried to adjust back to it. He stumbled. It just looked like him fielding a punt. Ball popped up in the air, falls right into his arms, actually hits him in the chest, and 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 what happened? You know what I mean? Like it's just, yeah. I don't know, man. It's 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 just bad all around. It's I keep saying that, but like I I honestly like I I don't have a lot of words to talk about this game because it's just so piss poor, and it, it's just what this team has been and, and and has become over the years. And you know, I don't I don't know. Maybe Caleb Williams, maybe Drake May, someone will come in and and, and save this team. I don't know, but I, I think it seems to be a total reset. They have to figure something out. Stop having old advisors come in and try to bring in people. Like we got to stop doing that. Um, yeah, but you know, we still got what nine games left in the season. Yeah, nine games in ten weeks. So I mean, I guess quickly we can try to maybe you know do something a little less negative. Um, <laughs> trade deadline is tomorrow. Um, yes. Do you think the Bears going to make any moves one way or another? No, I I do think they should. I'm in the camp they should trade for a pass rusher. Um, I understand if they can't get the medicals on Chase Young and they're not really comfortable with that. I totally understand. Um, Montez Sweat, I mean, both of those guys are going to need long-term deals. You're not going to trade anything of significant value unless you can keep them here for a while. Um, no, I don't think they're going to. I don't think they're going to trade Jalen Johnson. My worry with that, though, is it doesn't sound like they are close on a deal, like a long-term deal with Jalen Johnson. And, man, I don't know. I, I'm a little worried that he gets to free agency and someone is going to shell out a lot of money for him and he's not going to be back and you're going to get a comp pick and that's it. Well, and, I mean, you're talking about a comp pick. Dude. The, the Bears are going to have, like, just in, according to a chart that I saw the other day, the Bears actually have the most cap flexibility moving into this offseason again, like in terms of guys that they can cut, Eddie Jackson, Cody Whitehair, um, you know, an overall existing space, restructure, you know, so on and so forth. So, I mean, the reality of it is, regardless of who the GM is, they're probably going to be spending a lot of money again, which means comp picks won't be a thing. I agree with you. I think I, – well, I agree with you on both points because I think with – when you look at the free agent edge rushing market, I think that obviously there are going to be some names out there. that are going to be intriguing. Those names are probably going to end up getting tagged. I mean, even the talk in Washington right now is they're looking to deal one of those guys. I'm sure that yep. they would probably rather keep Montez sweat just because, you know, he's been more consistent. He's a better all around, uh, you know, defensive end, not as good of a pass rusher, but better overall. And, you know, his, his, his health has been better, but you know, you start looking at some of these free agents and it's like, things could, things could dry up really quickly. And I think that we're learning that, you know, Yannick Ngakwe is going to be a one-year guy. I mean, frankly, if they could get anything for him at this point, save some money, I I, I wouldn't be opposed to it just because it's like, dude, the guy has two sacks and frankly, you can put him on a milk carton because he's just been missing that much. I mean, he's been graded as one of the overall worst defensive end slash edge rushers in the league, uh, you know, as far as a pass rusher and against the run. But and I think that that's why it can make some sense to go out and, and trade for a guy like Chase Young, where you know kind of the rumors have kind of been where it's like, okay, yeah, you may have to give up a second or third round pick, but you're also guaranteeing that you're getting a long term answer at edge rusher, and then you could kind of maybe calm down a little bit in the draft, and you don't have to force one in the first round. Maybe you take one in the second round at the beginning of the second round. So. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I think with the Jalen Johnson thing, obviously health has been a little bit of a question mark. But, dude, I mean, when he's on the field, he's he may not be like an elite number one, but at the same time, elite number one corners are really damn hard to find, and they they fluctuate 
quite often. So I, I don't know. I've been saying it and I know some people disagree, but I, I feel like if Ryan Poles is going to continue to be the GM of this team at some point in time, he's going to have to retain talent that's already on his roster that he didn't acquire. Because frankly, if you look at the talent that he's let walk versus the talent that he signed, I think it's been a net negative for them so far. So I think retaining a guy like Jalen Johnson makes sense. Retaining a guy like Andrew Billings makes sense. I don't know that Darnell Mooney makes a ton of sense. I think he's another one like Justin Fields where I think you just kind of go your separate ways, let him go to a team, rebuild value, and move on with you know a, a receiver in the draft or whatever it may be. But, yeah, I'm with you. I don't think anything is going to happen, um, you know, and – and realistically, maybe nothing should happen, especially if Ryan Poles' future is, you know, kind of on the line right now, too. Yeah, and you know, the biggest one right there, Roquan Smith. I think that that says it all. That just that I understand the Quill Mack move. I, I I try to understand the Roquan Smith move, but now you you know, gonna trade away a, a <laughs> arguably the best linebacker inside linebacker in the NFL because your coach didn't think he was a fit and you didn't want to pay him. And that coach is probably not going to be here next year. Yikes, man. Um, Aaron, let's kind of wrap things up. Um, why don't you just give me a quick prediction in X factor. I know we're recording this kind of early this week, um, but yeah, just give me a, a quick prediction in X factor for the saints game. Well, uh, as far as predictions go, I mean, the saints really haven't been that good this year, but they're probably still a lot better than the bears. So I'll say, 27-13 Saints, um, as far as X-Factor goes, I think it starts on the offensive line. I mean, obviously, the, the Saints haven't been quite as good defensively this year, but at the same time, the Bears' offensive line has been a, a mess for the majority of it. I, I don't know, man. I, it's like it's getting to the point where, like outside of the Panthers and, and Cardinals games, I don't know that there's going to be a good reason to even think about picking the Bears for the rest of the year. Yeah, maybe maybe Minnesota. I don't know because Kirk Cousins is hurt. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I'm with you though. Like Carolina, Arizona. I don't know. It's 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 brutal, man. Um, I'm gonna go Saints 27, Bears 16. Um, road game in the dome, New Orleans. Tough place to play. Probably a better game for the Saints overall. Good defense they have down there in New Orleans. Going to be a tough, 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 tough task for Tyson Bajant. Um. My X factor, yeah, that's gonna be a tough one. I, I just, um, let's say Bears um, force some takeaways. Like Derek Carr is turnover prone. If you can get some takeaways, uh, I'm probably gonna be a banged up secondary again. Uh, but if you can get some takeaways, stay in the game, get the run, run game going, let Beijing get into an early groove. I think they can try to win, have a chance to win this game. Uh, but I, I do think it's going to be a loss. And I think we're, you know, maybe see two losses in a span of what, four or five days. I hope not. Cause you kind of want to beat Carolina to put them down and, and uh, keep that one or two pick there. So, um, all right, Aaron, where can everyone uh, follow you on Twitter? Where can everyone read your work and, and all that good stuff? Yep, you can find me at uh, Aaron Lemming NFL. Uh, you can read my work on thebearreport.com. And then I guess I'll get this out of the way now just in case we don't get another one in. Um, I actually went with your suggestion this week for Touchdown for Tails. It's oh, okay. the Animal Care League. So, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's it's crazy, man. I didn't realize they've been around for 50 years. And yes. they're currently going into phase three of a complete rebuild on their uh, on one of their facilities. And, yeah, it's it's honestly crazy to see 
the amount of things that they've been able to do for 50 years. And I mean, it's, that's, that's not an easy thing to do. Most, most no. animal rescues usually fizzle out within the first few years. So the fact that they've been around so long and the fact that they offer spay and neuter clinics and they even offer dog training, which I thought was really interesting. It's more like people training to actually, you know, know how to handle a dog. But I think that's all great resources to yes. try to make sure we that when that. they adopt out animals that, it's the right fit for both. And they're setting, you know, they're setting uh, owners up for success right out of the gate. Yes. Uh, agreed. A hundred percent. You can follow bear report on Twitter, just bear report. You can uh, follow me on Twitter at Zach Z A C K underscore Pearson. Please rate review, subscribe on all major podcasting platforms helps us and picks for polls until next time, everyone, please stay safe and please stay healthy.